Amen. Matthew chapter 6. Today we deal with verses 11 to 13. You know the prayer, right? And give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us of our debts as we forgive, have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us. Somebody say deliver us. From evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I want to talk about this morning, Lord, teach me to pray. Part two. Lord, teach me to pray. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. Your name is awesome and wonderful. You are holy and righteous God. We love you. Your kingdom come today, Father. Your will be done in this service right now. Lord, I pray that I would decrease and you would increase. Stand in my body. Think with my mind. Speak with my voice. Cancel the schemes and the plans of the enemy. And Lord, bless now the hearers of your word. Lord, we're praying, God, Father, for your power in this place today. Thank you for what we've rendered unto you in worship. Now we ask, Lord, that you will continue, Lord, to show us the way. We love you. We thank you. We praise you in your holy and righteous name. Amen. Thank God. You may be seated in the presence of God. Amen. 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 Um, this week, in my own personal prayer time, I was able to change the way that I approach my Heavenly Father. I don't know about you, but uh, looking at the prayer last week, Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray. I said at 8.30 this morning that in order for you to develop a powerful prayer life, you know, you got to know how to pray. A lot of people are confused sometimes what to say, how to approach God. Thank you, ushers. Uh, how to approach God. Uh, what should I ask for? Uh, am I asking the right way? You know, there are a lot of things that goes through our minds. Sometimes we just say, you know, I, I'm just not going to pray. You know, uh, whenever that spirit come on you, you got to pray even harder. <laughs> because anything that hinders you from wanting to pray, amen, is not of God. The enemy knows that if you have a relationship with God, and if you have this connection to God, amen, he knows and he wants to uh, literally destroy that relationship because he knows that you will make progress in your life. Now, this Christian life is not exempt from trials. As a matter of fact, the moment that you decided to go forward with God, you better get ready because you'll be accused, you'll be talked about, lied on. I talked about all that this morning, amen. Uh, you'll be betrayed, and all kinds of stuff will start happening in your life. But God gives us the strength, he gives us the wisdom, and he gives us the word of God in order to make it through those things that we're facing in our lives. 
Oftentimes, amen, when we set out to start praying, many times we come to God, many things come your way to hinder you from praying. It's important that we protect our prayer time because it is the most important time that we have access to God in order to develop our change. Now, we've been talking about, Lord, change me, but I'm asking God to teach me to pray so that he can change my life. Do I have anybody? Can anybody here this morning say, I can stand, amen, for some change in my life. I, I can stand for something new. I'm tired of the mundane. I'm tired of, amen, the meticulous things that I have to do in order to keep myself happy. Amen. But I just want to be free. I want to be able, amen, to not do the things I used to do. I want to be able to overcome those things. I want my yes to be yes, my no to be no. Come on, somebody. And I want to tell you something. The questions that I ask today is, do you want to change? But not only that, but do you want your change to last? And the only way that your change is going to last, there are a lot of people that profess. There's a lot of people that confess. There's a lot of people, you ever, you ever make a promise and break it the next minute? <laughs> Amen. You say, no, nah, I ain't going to do that. I ain't going to touch them cookies. Amen. That was my little weakness right there. Amen. You know, you make a promise to yourself, and then you break the promise. Amen. You want change, but yet change seems so far away. Why can't your change be permanent? Amen. And can prayer really change me? Come on, somebody. Ask your neighbor, can prayer really change me? I believe it can. Amen. My aim today is to introduce you to the second part of this prayer of Jesus Christ. Jesus, in the first part of this prayer, he deals with his kingdom. The prayer has nothing to do with me. It's amazing, and I told you last week, amen, that if you're going to pray, you got to first acknowledge, amen, your heavenly father. Oftentimes, we just pray, oh, yeah, God, thank you for this and thank you for that. But we don't acknowledge him as father. I told you that you must keep his name Holy. Now, how do you keep God's name holy? You hallow his name by the way you live. In other words, your name is no longer your last name. Your last name is Christian. Why? Because if any man be in Christ, he's a what? New creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. I told you that you got to pray that you would promote God's kingdom. That God's kingdom would be above your kingdom and that God's kingdom would be above your agenda. Amen. And lastly, I told you that you must pray that God's will would be a priority to us. Now, if you start your prayer focused on God, come on somebody, then everything else is going to fall in place. How many know everything else will fall in place when you're seeking the will of God? How many know that if you seek first his kingdom, as a matter of fact, this is the passage, Matthew 6, verse 33, says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. May I say something to you today? Prayer changes everything. 
May I say something to you this morning? That if you learn how to pray, if you learn and if you ask God to teach you how to pray, your prayer will be answered. Listen, there's nothing that God wants to withhold from you, but sometimes I'm not ready for what I'm asking for. You ever notice that? The stuff we really want is the stuff that we don't need right now. We don't know that, but you get an answer from God. God says, wait. He says, no. He says, yes, no, maybe, and wait. That's how he answers. Amen. And what Jesus is doing in this prayer here, he's showing his disciples how to pray. And what he's doing is he's taking them, amen, to the place where they learn how to properly pray so that they can get an answer. Are you with me? So the text goes on to say in verse 11, it says, he says, give us this day our daily bread. Now, a lot of us have read this prayer. You know, we just kind of run over it a little bit. You know what I mean? Give us this day our daily bread. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know that. That's elementary stuff. Why is he preaching elementary stuff? See, here's what I found out. It's the things that we, that are so common to us are the things that we, we, we struggle doing. Right? He says, give us this day our what? Our daily bread. Now, 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 the first thing I want to give you this morning, the first point I want to give you this morning, that if you're going to ask God to teach you to pray, here's what you got to pray. Pray, first point, for continuous dependence on God. Now, when he says, give us this day our daily bread, right, he's not saying that God doesn't want you to have a reserve. But what he's saying is, that after you have gotten the blessings from God, come on somebody, there's a tendency in, all, in us, in all of us, to forget who gave us, come on somebody, the blessing. There's a tendency at times for us to stop thanking him for the things that he has done for us. And so what the right, what Jesus is saying, what I want you to do is I want you to keep asking, watch this. It's amazing because this word, this word, this noun, give, it is in the accusative case in the Greek. Now, let, let me tell you what the accusative case is. The accusative, ca accusative case is a case of limitation and it marks the end of an action. Oh, come on, somebody. You catch where I'm going with that? So when I ask God to give me something, I got to believe that that's the end of that. Come on, somebody. When I ask God to give me this day my daily bread, I'm not just asking God, come on, somebody, for money. I'm not just asking him for things. What I am believing, though, is that, watch this, watch this, that I am Depending on him, not tomorrow, not, not, not next week, but I am depending on him on a daily basis because, watch this, because give in that respect means that, watch this, he will give me what I need. That's the end of that. I don't have to worry anymore. I don't have to cry anymore. I don't have to doubt anymore that when I ask God, God for what I need. Watch this. I show my dependence 
dependence on him. Here's where I'm going with this. You've been asking for a job. You got a job. The job comes. You went through orientation. You got your check. Then you just stop praying. And that's something. So what he says to his disciples and us is that I must pray for what, Lord? When, when you get up in the morning, Lord, help me to depend on you. Lord, teach me to pray. But, Lord, I know I got this job. I know everything is going well in my life now. But, Lord, teach me to depend on you every day. Are you with me? You see, why did I say continuous dependence? Because we have a tendency when we get an abundance, we forget to rely on the one that gave us the abundance. Lord, bless me today. Give us this day our what? Daily bread. Continuous dependence. And that's where God wants us in our prayer life. But he also wants it in our practice. He wants us to say, to believe that when you say give, it's over. It's done. I don't have to keep going back asking you for that. Because I already believe that the God that did it before will be the God that do it again. Do I have anybody that got some testimonies that, watch this, it was nobody but Jesus that's been sustaining your life. He's given you everything you needed to take care of your bills. I'm talking about money now. That's what he's talking about. Look, give me enough bread. It's funny how they call money bread. God, give me what I need to take care of my family. Listen, some of us, we've been down and out. And while we were down and out, yet God was still providing for your daily needs. Listen, it's amazing what we have have less how we depend more on God. Isn't that something? So watch this. So when you get your surplus, when you get your abundance, keep relying, keep depending on him. Watch the rest of the verse. He says, give us this day. Now, so the first thing I would say is that that deals, the first, the first part of the prayer deals with provision, right? But watch the next part of this prayer. Watch what he says. He says, and forgive us. Hmm. You know, let me, let me say that. I use this acronym in my prayer time called CATS. C-A-T. I always say, walk your cat every day. <laughs> All right? C is for confession. A is for adoration. T is for thanksgiving, and S is for supplication. So, so I believe that, you know, you, you got you to gotta deal with your sin before you go to God. You follow what I'm saying? And, and, and this, this, this word, this, oh, man. God just gave me that revelation. Watch this. I've dealt with my sin. You know, you know I, I do my confession first. Lord, forgive me of my sins because I don't believe God can hear me 
before I pray. See, so this is something you need to put in your notes, you know. I need to ask God for forgiveness first before I go praying to him. And you done spent 30 minutes praying and he ain't heard nothing. Right? So I deal with my sins, but this, this word debts, has, it has nothing to do. It, it has something to do with sin, but, but, but it's about owing someone something. This, this is what it is. It is, when he says, forgive us our debts, it's something that's owed to God. It's something uh, of an offense. In other words, you have offended God. You and I have, what? F- offended God. But, but, but what I see here is that before I go asking for a whole lot of things, but one of the things I have to always do when I'm go- if I'm going to pray, you know, if I'm going to pray properly, if I'm going to get my prayer through, the, the next thing I got to do, not only do I pray for continuous dependence, but I pray that we would examine, ourse- examine ourselves daily. Examine yourself daily. Because, because watch this, when I miss the mark, then I owe God. What do I owe God? I owe God, I owe it to God, watch this, to, watch, I owe him obedience. I owe him, come on somebody, I owe him something because of what he has done for me. Now I ask God, God, forgive us of our debts. We must recognize that we owe. And God, our, watch this, we owe God our full obedience. That's what we owe him. And so oftentimes people pray, but they never see, watch this, that I need to what? I need to, I owe God so I must examine myself to see if I'm missing the mark. Listen, you don't want to have a false view of yourself. You don't want to keep saying, well, you know, I've been praying, I've been praying, I've been praying, but you never do anything about the sin that's in your life. And what God is asking us to do, saints, is to observe ourselves and ask ourselves this question, am I missing the mark? Now, a lot of people don't want to talk about sin today, but sin is real. And and sin can sometimes blind We don't want to get so behind with God, watch this, that we owe him so self-examination is necessary. When was the last time you examined yourself? And so when you pray, you pray, God, amen, help me to examine myself daily. So what I see there, I see the, not only do I see provision, but I see the power of repentance. Sin blocks your prayer. Doesn't get through. And so it's real important that you exercise as a believer. I'm going to give you a key here. 1 John 1 and 9. 1 John 1 and 9 says that if you confess your sins, he's faithful, come on somebody, and just to forgive you and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. 
In other words, if you examine yourself on a daily basis, you won't owe nothing to God but love. Do I have anybody? Listen, David had the same problem. David did not confess his sins. He walked around with his sin for one year. Listen, and, and, listen and, and the deep thing about this is that David did not acknowledge, he did not ask God for forgiveness. And so when he penned Psalm 51, he says, my bones were aching, my mind was gone, my joy is gone. That's how you know that you're not forgiven of your sins or when you owe God something, you have no joy, you have no peace, you have no contentment, you have no faithfulness, you have no long suffering because the Holy Spirit now is grieved in our lives. He says, forgive us our what? Our debts as we also have forgiven what? Our debtors. So the next point, amen. Not only must I pray that we would examine ourselves daily, but number three, pray that we would not harbor unforgiveness. It was said yesterday, Deacon Robbins said it well, it's so hard to define forgiveness. It really is. It really is. And what I did yesterday is I took a pen and I just dropped it. And I said, that's what forgiveness is. It's letting it go. But when we harbor unforgiveness, when we nurse unforgiveness, when we hold on to people, when we hold on to problems, come on somebody. He says, because I have been forgiven by you, God, I'm going to let go of the person that offended me. Because if I harbor unforgiveness, my prayer is not being heard by God. Because the Bible says if you have a problem with your brother, he says, leave your offering at the altar. Now, now, he didn't say give your offering. He said, just leave it there. Don't deposit it, but leave it there. Go find your brother. Man, this prayer is so powerful. This, this Lord's prayer, I've never seen this prayer like this. This prayer reminds me every day, y'all, that I got to let go of some people that hurt me. That I got to not harbor the bitterness. Somebody here, you've been holding on to it for a long time. You got to let go of the pain. You got to let go of the resentment. And here's the thing about forgiveness. Let me, let me, let me finish what I was saying. And he said, when you, when you leave your gift to the altar, he wants you to leave. He wants you to go and get it right with your brother. Reconcile is what the word says. And come back and then worship. But here's the thing, what the Bible also says. The Bible also says that if you, you and I must forgive the way God has forgiven us. Can I ask you something? How many of you are forgiven here today? I wish I had somebody. I guess only a few of us. How many of you are forgiven today? I've been forgiven. Doesn't it feel good? Come on, how many of you can say it feels good? Come on. Come on, it feels so good. Doesn't it feel good? It feels good, doesn't it? Now, now watch this. 
Now, I want you to think about the person that you haven't forgiven. Do they feel like you? Probably not. And you and I have the power, oh, hallelujah to his holy name, to release, to set free. And if I'm praying this prayer, this is a prayer. Listen, here's the thing. I know it's hard to forget. How I many you can't forget? <laughs> Amen. How I many you can't forget? Amen. I'm kind of hesitant. <laughs> How I many you can't forget? I mean, you, you know, you you forgiven, so you say. I I can't I can't forget. See, I can't forget what you did to me. I can't forget how you did me in. I can't forget how you ruined my life. I can't forget the scars. I can't forget the pain. I can't forget how I feel right now. Listen, even thinking about you makes me angry. Come on, somebody. But see, when you have not forgotten, you haven't forgiven. Now, you know what that is? Let me tell you what that is. Let me give it another word. What, what, what forgetting really is. What, for, what not forgetting turns into. You ready? Resentment. That's what that is. That's resentment. Jesus said to Peter, Peter, Peter said, uh, should I, my brother sin against me seven times and I forgive him? He said, no, seven times 70. Where are my math people again? How much is it? 490 times. Now check this out. <laughs> Jade said, I ain't going <laughs> to. She said, uh, well, I, <laughs> it was 470. I said, girl, if you keep counting, if, if you, just think how ruined you are. If you, if you got to count every time somebody offends you, right? And, 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 watch, and you're holding the record, right? And, and, and listen, the, the Bible says 490. Okay, they had 470. I'm well, I, Now, are you waiting for them to get 490? Or what, are you, what are you waiting for? Because I know by the time I get to five, maybe six, man, I'm like, man, I, man, I can't hold on to this no more. I'm ruined by this. And, and, and so what Jesus is telling us as a daily prayer, Lord, let me not harbor. Come on and say it. Come on and say it. Come on. Lord, let me not harbor any unforgiveness. Doesn't that feel good? Does it feel good? Is it liberating? Some of you are like, shoot, I still, shoot, I, I'm still counting. I don't know. I don't know about you, but I'm still counting. That's shoot, yeah, uh-huh. Let them do it one more time. Let them, do, let, let, let them do it one more time. You can't harbor. Because when you harbor unforgiveness, and I'm getting off of it. You ready for this? You can't love. And here's the other thing. God says, if I have forgiven you, the same way I've forgiven you. You know, when Jesus went to the cross, he didn't ask you any questions. 
He didn't say, well, well, tell me all about what you did. He just did it for you. How many got people who just like, they just real cool like that? They just, you know what I mean? They just be like, man, I'm going to bless you, man. Boom. You know what I mean? They have no reservations. They have no strings attached to it. You follow what I'm saying? Isn't that a good feeling to be free? And I'm talking to somebody here today. You're harboring some stuff. Mm. And until you deal with it, well, let me just say this. Until you pray about it and really ask God to release you from it. It could have been in your past. Could have been your mama. Could have been your daddy. Could have been your ex-husband, your ex-wife. Could have been life, period. But here's the thing. If you're still counting, then something is wrong. So I pray, Lord, help me not to harbor no unforgiveness. Watch this. Watch this. You know, you know what harboring unforgiveness does? It hinders your change. You want to know why some people are not changing? Because they're harboring these resentments and these feelings. Watch this. We can't have unforgiveness watch this, and pray at the same time. Come on, somebody. Watch this. We owe God, but we must let go, all right? So, so, so now, now that is... So, so what I see there, not only do I see the power of repentance, but I see the power of forgiveness. But here's the next point right here. Verse 13. Watch verse 13. He says, and, and I'm almost done. I'm going to sit down. And do not lead us. Now, don't get this confused now. Into what? Right. And some people may say, well, God did that. Well, let me clarify something for you. James chapter 1 says God does not tempt anyone. All right? So, the next thing you got to do is pray. Oh, man, you up? Where you at? Pray for that. Where's the point? Hit, huh? It's stuck. Okay, all right, let me give you the next point. Ready? <laughs> Pray that you'll pass the test. Every day is a day of temptation, y'all. Come on, somebody. I don't know about you, but who faces temptation every day? And what a prayer. Lord, help me. The word temptation here has to do with a test. It's putting one to the test to be tried. Amen. Listen, God tempts no one. Know your own weakness. Come on, somebody. Know your own what? Weaknesses. Watch this. And in every prayer and in this prayer, keep asking God, God, keep me from my weakness. Help me, Lord, to pass the test. I wish I had somebody. And I know sometimes our weakness, amen, is what we really love. Amen. And here's the thing. I got to ask God every day. God, whoo, help me. I need to pass this test. Come on, somebody, and tell your neighbor I got to pass. Tell your neighbor I got to pass this test. Come on, tell your neighbor I got to pass this test. Neighbor, I got to pass this test. And you know what that deals with? God's providence. 
God's providence. God's providence is what I need because watch this. As I'm going through life every day, isn't this beautiful? This prayer is beautiful to me. Lord, I need to pass this test. I'm trying to get to church. Amen. Somebody call me. Amen. I know I need to be in a Bible study, but the chicken is looking so good. Amen. Or something is looking good. Amen. Heard at work. Amen. You know, all kinds of stuff comes up. You know what I mean? My temptations, my test. Listen, he's telling us something about life. That life in this life, as long as you live in this world, you will be tested. So, Lord, teach me. No, I don't want to get out of my test. You know why? James says, if you don't go through the test, you won't mature. And not only that, but you're setting yourself up for a retest. And that's the reason why we find ourselves in the cycle, come on somebody, going through the same, I mean, been going through the same thing over and over and over. Listen, don't give in to your temptation. Pray God, whoo, help me to pass this test. Next thing he says, but deliver us. Uh-huh. You know, the new, new King James Version says, the evil one. Sometimes our flesh likes evil. Why do you think we're on YouTube watching all that Illuminati stuff and all this? Not y'all. Not y'all. Not y'all. Not y'all. Why do you think we go to club? Not, not y'all. Not y'all. Not y'all. Not we ain't going to club, Pastor. You great? We Christians. We don't do that. Hey, you just said our last name is Christian, didn't you? May I say this to you? Not only is temptation after you, but the evil one is after you. So here's the next thing you pray for. Pray that God will rescue us. Father, rescue me. Who? From the evil one. He's coming, y'all. Are you with me? And he's going to come and what you got to say, what you got to realize, the Bible says, you're the devil, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Lord, rescue me from the evil one. I'm praying this every day. From now on and the rest of our life, I'm starting my prayer just like this every day. Lord, rescue me from the, listen, I, keep, I want to pass that test. But I need you to rescue me from this evil one. And lastly, the last part of the verse, the last part of the verse, he says, for yours is the kingdom. Hmm. And the what? And the power. May I say something? You're not part of no weak kingdom. We don't serve no weak God. Listen, we, we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. I am the head and not the tail. Weeping may endure for a night. Give weeping a one-night stand. He said, but joy 
comes in the morning. Yeah, I may be down, but I'm going to get up again. I shall rise again. Because guess what? They thought they had annihilated Jesus, but on Calvary, he gave his life. He hung, bled, and died. They stretched him wide. They dropped him low. They put him in a borrowed tomb. But hey, hey, he had a surprise for them. On the third day morning, he got up with all power in his hands. We are in a kingdom that has power, y'all. So, Father, as I close my prayer, oh, I want to give you this. See, this is, how, this is what you got to do. People got to look at you crazy. Watch this. The last point is the most powerful point. Last point. Always, and I say always, conclude your prayer with praise. A doxology. You know what a doxology is? At the end of a Jewish prayer, they would always, get, listen, to pray and not close your prayer in praise was viewed as unthinkable. And oftentimes, we are so conservative. Come on, somebody. And we're so cute. Amen. And we, you know, but, but sometimes you got to close your prayer. Not, not sometimes, but all the time you got to close your prayer with a praise. Because let me tell you what praise does. It, it shakes the foundation of the evil one. It, it confuses the demons because they don't understand how you can praise God after all the mess you've done been through. Do I have anybody here today? You got to lift your hands sometimes and you got to say, God, your kingdom, your power, your glory, not now, not next week, but forever. Amen. Close your prayer with a doxology. Tell God I give you all the glory and praise. Lord, you've been good to me. You've been better to me than I've been to myself. I've been up and I've been down. The devil tried to level me to the ground. But thanks be to Jesus. I worship you. I praise you. I give you glory. I give you praise. You've been good. You've been better than good. You woke me up this morning. You started me on my way. You put food on my table. I should have been dead and gone. But God, thank you that I can praise you in the morning. I can praise you in the noonday. I can praise you at midnight. Yeah, I got to praise. I got to praise and I got to get it out. Why? Because you've been so good to me. Do I have anybody here today can testify that the Lord has been good to you? Do you know him today? Have you tried him today? I get so happy when I think about my doxology is my determination. It's my praise. It's in your praise. Deliverance is in your praise. Healing is in your praise when you've prayed when you've poured out when you've cried when you've been down you gotta learn baby how to praise God you gotta say God your kingdom your glory your power forever 
Amen. Give God a praise.